Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Nurse Mama Show, the home of happy parents and healthy teens. I'm your host, Dr. Jessica Peck, pediatric nurse practitioner, nursing professor, and mom of four teens. I'll serve as your expert guide to engage, equip, encourage, and empower you to navigate life's toughest issues with your teens. We will explore health impacts and home strategies to create a safe space in an unsafe world. My co-host for this series will be Pastor Brian Haynes, who will guide us through the spiritual impacts and help us grow our faith. Let's explore conversation keys together and get started. Well, hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Dr. Nurse Mama podcast, How to Unlock the Door to a New Relationship with Your Teen. Stop whatever you are doing and listen closely. This moment is a really big one for you. Right now, wherever you are, driving in your car, walking in your neighborhood, cleaning your house, sitting at work maybe— You are about to make a very big decision right here, right now. The fact you even started to listen to this podcast tells me you love and care about your teen and you desperately want meaningful connections in your relationship with them. But you will decide in just the next few moments whether or not you will intentionally invest in this journey. Are you all in for this catalyst that could literally change the course of your life, even impacting the way your DNA is read and transcribed for future generations? Well, let's get started. First, I have a secret to share with you. I have four teenagers, yes, at one time, and as hard as it is for me to say this publicly, here's my secret. I actually like them. I like being around my teens. Now, when I introduce myself as a parent of teens, I get big eyes, sympathetic head tilts, prayers, even condolences. Usually I hear jokes like, I changed the Wi-Fi password this week so my teen actually talked to me, or good thing God designed teenagers or we would never want them to leave the house. Now, underneath these jokes is very real pain. We use humor as a coping mechanism, don't we? They say laughter is the best medicine, but that's not really true. I tend to prefer retail therapy. Uh, Just kidding. Just kidding, everyone. Add to cart is not an effective coping strategy either. Zero stars do not recommend. But in all seriousness, hear me say this before we go any further. I am not perfect. My kids will gladly tell you. My kids aren't perfect. They would agree, even publicly. My family isn't perfect. My life is far from perfect. I get my feelings hurt as a mama. I lose my temper. I use words I regret. I have a messy house some days. Mm, A lot of days, these recent days. My teens are still embarrassed by me in public. Sometimes it's the skinny jeans I'm wearing, and sometimes it's the side part in my hair that I just refuse to give up. And sometimes it's just the simple act of breathing. But I am so happy with the relationships we've built. I have a messy and imperfect but incredibly fulfilling relationship with each of my four teens. And here's the thing. I really want to share with you how I got there. Now, my kids have an extremely unfair advantage in life with a mother who is a pediatric nurse practitioner. In fact, my husband often tells them, 
don't hold me to the same expectations as your mom. I'm an engineer. It's inevitable that I'm going to hurt your feelings at some point in time. Go talk to your mom about it and ask her to help undo what I did. Now listen, it didn't start that way. I didn't start as a super nurse or a super mom, and some days I still fall short by a lot. I started as a young girl with broken family relationships, estranged from my parents, with deep childhood wounds and unhealed trauma. I started as a timid community college student who barely passed nursing school and got the majority of my sex education in the Walmart aisle. I started as a mom of a 13-year-old in perpetual conflict who literally threw a book at my head in anger while I was driving. These are all stories I share with you in the book, Behind Closed Doors, a guide to help parents and teens navigate life's toughest issues. As a pediatric nurse practitioner, I know life isn't perfect. I meet families in times of vulnerability and facing unexpected challenges. I see you when you are in crisis and you know, you know I'm going to keep your confidence. Think about a time you've been in a vulnerable place needing help and did you ever reach out to a nurse? Now imagine the treasure trove of secrets we bear. We have been there with you and seen firsthand those places of heartache and pain. As a professor, I know the statistics. I know the effectiveness of interventions. I know how to teach parents the information I wish I had had starting out as a parent. And as a mom, I know the pain and heartbreak of wanting so badly to be a good parent, but feeling like you're failing miserably. So let me ask you, have you ever wondered what your teen was really thinking? Have you ever wondered how to unlock that door to get them to really talk to you and say more than things are just fine, fine, everything's fine? Well, I'm here to help you change that. I'm going to ask you to do something incredibly brave. I want you to commit to take a journey with me to intentionally invest in your relationship with your teen. So I'm giving you this disclaimer up front right here, right now. This is way more than a self-help book or a podcast. This is an active experiential field guide. This is a hands-on practical application. This is Jumanji for parents. I am asking you for a huge investment here. I'm challenging you to do something much bigger than just buying a book, and it's pretty bold of me to ask. I am asking for your most valuable commodity, your time. I'm asking for your blood, sweat, and tears. I promise you, it won't be easy. This adventure will have dangers to navigate. Your feelings will surely get hurt at some point, but the investment is so worth it. I've been there. What you could attain is what you've always longed for, happiness and a healthy relationship with your teen. Listen, your bag is packed, your supplies are loaded, the car is gassed up. I've prepared everything for you. The adventure lies ahead. You have a guide so you won't be alone on this journey. That's me.
Are you willing to get in the car and come with us? Some of you listening are already in. Your decision is made. You're saying, come on, let's go already. To the rest of you, I hope you'll join us. I don't want to leave anyone behind. I'm asking for you to roll up your sleeves, do something incredibly brave, and pursue the heart of your teen. For the last two years, I've been using my brain as a professor, my hands-on experience as a pediatric nurse practitioner, and my heart as a mom to create a safe space for you in an unsafe world. I want you, as a parent, to have a space where you feel like you have support, where you are seen and heard and understood, where you feel engaged, equipped, encouraged, and empowered to create a safe space for your teen in an unsafe world. We need new social skills to parent in social media, social justice, and social distancing world. I'm here to lend you my skills as a nurse to help you learn to talk about really uncomfortable things in a really comfortable way. Now hear me say this. We as parents have old school wisdom that we can leverage to collaborate with our teen's fresh world perspective to navigate together through life's toughest issues. In a world of instant fixes and instant gratification, there are no instant answers to parenting challenges, and there are no instant relationships. I think sometimes we want to treat parenting our teens like growing a chia pet, minimal investment with maximum outcome. In reality, it's really a lot more like a pineapple that takes an average of 24 months to grow. You may invest and then see absolutely no immediate return on that investment, and you wonder, am I messing up my kid for life? We also bring our own generational trauma into parenting that gives us significant insecurities. That was my own story as well. But the truth is that healthy relationship building takes a significant and intentional investment of time and energy but it pays off to the level of impacting the DNA of generations to come. Literally, you can't buy it or hire it out. It's all you and only you that your teens want and need. So you plant that seed and you may not see it sprout until two years down the road, but wow, it is an amazing moment. You invest as a parent what you think is wise, and you will learn to confidently and expectantly wait for that harvest. Your teens need to know that you believe in them, even before they believe in themselves. We cannot, as parents, expect instant gratification from our teens. It is not their purpose in life to validate our parenting choices. Their job is not to stand in the corner of your house and say, Wow, you delivered that discipline so effectively with equal parts love and determination. Good job. (laughs) If you're looking for that kind of instant gratification of parenting to bolster your happiness, you'll be disappointed. The greatest predictor of your happiness is not what you are doing in life, but who you are doing it with. This means relationships matter. Did you know that according to Gallup, 81% of Americans rely on Google for information. Let me tell you, Googling your way through a parenting challenge is not an effective or successful strategy. And let's be honest, we have all, me included, Googled our way through some sort of parenting challenge. 
On the other hand, did you know only 16% of people will tell others about a struggle they are having? Hear me say this. Something is seriously wrong if we are too insecure to talk to a trusted person about a parenting challenge, but we are secure enough in our Google answer to handle it. I'm not telling you to lose all discretion and spill the tea and to adopt sharenting as a parenting mantra. You can read about that in chapter two, by the way. Parenting takes a village, and I am convinced we cannot parent well if we are parenting alone. So here's my question for you. Who is your parenting cheerleader? Who can you trust with difficult details? Who is going to cheer you on and pray for you? Who is the kind of friend that will hold your hair back when you throw up? Or the kind of friend you can call at two in the morning just to use a washing machine with no explanation? For the dads out there, who is that guy that you can call and just be real with? If you are parenting a teenager, you absolutely need this kind of support in your life. If you have a friend like this already, make it official and thank them for being your go-to person. If you don't have a friend like this in your life, you need to find one. Be brave and start looking. Someone out there needs you just as much as you need them. Finding this person is going to go a long way and not relying on your teenager to help process your own emotions. So someone in my parenting circle is Pastor Brian Haynes. He serves as lead pastor of Bay Area Church and Bay Area Christian School in League City, Texas. He's a graduate of Baylor University, Sikkim Bears, you know I love that, and he has a doctoral degree for his work in discipleship and family ministry. He's married to his high school sweetheart, Angela, and they have three daughters. I am so thrilled to have him joining me as a co-host on this podcast journey. He is going to help us unpack some of the spiritual issues here, and I think you will be—no, I don't even think—I know you will be so encouraged by the grace and the wisdom and the strength and the hope that he provides. So, Pastor Brian, welcome to the Dr. Nurse Mama Show. Hey, thanks for having me. So glad to be here. From your view as a pastor, Brian, how do you think the world has changed since COVID? What struggles are you seeing in families with teens? Certainly during the pandemic, uh, families went through a season of isolation. They also uh, changed their rhythm rhythms drastically. And those changes have caused uh, a certain level of stress in families. We see the impact of isolation, things like fear, anxiety. We see more anger uh, than we have, I think, in the past. Um, if you want to take it to a another level, domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as the church, we try to come alongside families that are dealing with uh, issues of fear, anxiety, and anger, and work with them uh, in all aspects of their life. So those are real problems you're seeing in real families in real time. How do they manifest themselves to you? Like, How do you become aware of those kinds of issues in your church? Certainly, usually it is a parent uh, that comes with uh, a heartbeat for their student, their teenager, uh, who is facing uh, 
levels of anxiety that they haven't experienced before. So we hear a lot about panic attacks. Uh, people want to know, is this spiritual? Is this emotional? Is this physical? And the answer to the question is yes, yes, yes. Um, they, we see that sort of manifesting in uh, the teenage uh, teenager a lot these days. Uh, and so they need skills, they need coping mechanisms, they need to know how spiritually, emotionally, and physically to deal with that anxiety, what to do. Well, I love that you're talking about, you know, coming alongside of them, because I talk a lot about how it takes a village to raise mm -hmm. a kid. You know, you really need resources and supports. And church is one of those really important supports where you can have people like you describing a place to make an outcry and to have people come alongside you and walk beside you. So why is connecting to a church so important for families with teens? I think it's really important on a number of levels. Um, first, just uh, a centering of truth. So there is so much out there when we're going through difficulty or struggling with just family life, navigating all the things we navigate. There's so much out there that is not true. And so really helping them have a baseline understanding of what truth is, who God is, who we are and how we were wired uh, and how God will walk with us through difficulty. I think that's one, but also just practical help. I think uh, the local church can provide what I would call uh, head, heart, hands, and feet for people that are dealing with issues that they don't know what to do. And a lot of times I find as, uh, as the church, we're that first place that people actually begin to open up. Maybe a teenager opens up in a small group. Maybe a parent comes to a, a pastor or another, another friend in the, the local church community. But we're kind of that open door and we can help them then connect uh, with other people that uh, can help. And then finally, just hope. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many situations that families deal with where they begin to feel hopeless. And we really do have this hope that we can provide that they're not going to find anywhere else. And, uh, and that's why I believe as a parent of teenagers myself, but also as a pastor, it's really important to connect with the church. I love hearing you talk about hope because when you look at the news or you open your social media feed or you even just have conversations in passing, there is a lot of hopeless news that's coming out and it could really make you depressed very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I love how you talked about being connected and you said earlier that families' rhythms had changed. So have you seen that rhythm changed in church attendance patterns and the way that families are engaging with your church? Certainly. So, I mean, obviously during the pandemic, we went uh, to closed door church where we were online only for a period of time. And so uh, that break in the rhythm uh, really, I think, um, was detrimental in some ways. We did it because we had to, but it was, it was detrimental in some ways. And coming back sort of mid-pandemic and post-pandemic, uh, what we find is that core people that were attending church two to three times a month now are really attending one to two times a month. Uh, so they use the online opportunity maybe 
Perhaps they've, they just got out of rhythm and determined, hey, there's other things we could do with our Sunday mornings uh, besides attending church. Um, and so we have seen that rhythm change. And consequently, um, we, we see uh, the impact of, I think, quickly an impact of the lack of help and hope that's taking place even in the context of our Christian families or our churched families. Well, I think online church is just the same as online connections for teens. They have their advantages. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can reach people you didn't reach before, connect with people that it would be difficult to connect with that live in another part of the world, for example. But the drawbacks are nothing really beats that in-person gathering for sure. And now, as we see COVID restrictions kind of lifting and we're shifting into what feels like a different phase of COVID here, and parents might be thinking, you know, it's maybe it's time. Maybe Maybe I need to go back to church or go to church for the first time. What advice would you give families who are thinking about that and looking for a church? Mm, that's a great question. I think, first of all, look local. So if you can look in your neighborhood as opposed to driving 30 minutes to uh, a church location, I think that's really important because you're giving your teenager and your family the opportunity to connect with people that you live, work, and play with uh, in lots of different settings. So I think look local. I think make sure it's biblical. So some, so you may not even have a grid for what that is, but make sure that everything that is done centers in the Bible, the Word of God, that they are handling that in a way that that makes sense. And the third thing I would say is that you really want to uh, find a place that fosters community, especially if you're a parent of a teenager, a place that fosters a, commu a, a community for them, where they want to be a part. Uh, because in a sense, you really are building a tribe of other people who can say the things and echo the things you want to say as a parent that sometimes are even heard in, in better ways. So I would look for that place your teenager sort of sticks. We call it, we we call it a stickiness with our youth ministry. We want to create a stickiness for teenagers relationally where they want to be. I love that. And, you know, Brian, I would love for you to talk to parents who maybe have engaged with church before and had a negative experience or maybe been hurt or had something that they think, I don't really know if I want to venture back out that way. Do you have any advice for those hurting hearts? Certainly. I think uh, church hurt is not uncommon. And if you've had an experience uh, in the church where you felt hurt or wounded, uh, I can understand that completely as a person who's been in church most of my uh, most of my life and now has led uh, in church. What I would say is not all churches are wounding, and your one experience is not the same experience you would have at every church. Secondly, I would say Jesus is really good. And so when a church portrays him in a way that is unbiblical, ungraceful, unloving, maybe even just, just uh, puts that on him by the way they behave, it does give you a, a bad taste in your mouth. And so I would say, give it another shot um, because you actually need the church more than the church needs you. Uh, 
You need Jesus more than Jesus needs you. And the reason we need those environments, the reason we need him is we can't rescue ourselves. We're in need of restoration. We really need hope and we need other people. We just weren't created to be alone. Those are such wise words. And so what I hear you saying is just get connected. There are people who are waiting for you to come. Mm. They're waiting to lock arms with you and to walk alongside you and your teen as they as you navigate life's toughest issues. That's right. Thank you, Pastor Brian, for providing such great encouragement and spiritual wisdom. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Dr. Nurse Mama Show. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that concludes our first episode. We hope you join us next time. Here's your homework. First, say yes to joining this journey and get your copy of Behind Closed Doors at drnursemama.com. Read the introduction before you join us again for episode two. Second, find another parent who will take this journey with you. Gift them a copy of the book and tell them, hey, you're in this with me. We're doing this together. And number three, subscribe at drnursemama.com so you can be sure to have access to all of the resources waiting just for you. I'll see you next time on the Dr. Nurse Mama podcast, home of happy parents and healthy teens. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Nurse Mama Show. Connect with us online at drnursemama.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Nurse Mama. You can find Pastor Brian at brianhaines.org or on Facebook at Dr. Brian Haynes. Tune in next time and invite a friend.